Dallas Mavericks get a much-needed win over the New Orleans Pelicans. Well, some of the New Orleans Pelicans. <laughs> and J.J. Redick likes a tweet saying that the Pelicans have been eliminated from the playoffs. Intrigue. We'll talk about that more on today's Locked On Maps. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. But Mark Cuban is the Mavs owner. I was not consulted in that sale. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and coordinator for the Locked On Podcast Network with a new soundboard and a new toy that I'm going to use way too much. <laughs> Joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, the Pelican person, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Nick's going to be so <laughs> comparable with, with this with this soundboard. It's going to be, it could be really cool or it could be super it's, annoying. It's going to either be the best thing or the worst thing to ever happen to this podcast. But, <laughs> I actually want to say a serious thing real quick. I want to give a shout out. A lot of uh, you guys that listen to the podcast uh, over the past four years, y'all reach out to us different times of different uh, DMs and uh, a lot of cool things of people literally around the world who reach out. Yeah. Uh, but yesterday uh, we got a DM and I just want to shout out to Uriel or Uriel. Um, sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name, man, but uh, Uriel uh, reached out and saying that he was listening to our podcast in a bunker in Tel Aviv as everything is going down um, over there right now. And uh, I just want to give a shout out to you, bro, and say thanks for listening and uh, I know times are crazy, but uh, praying for you, praying for situation over there. And uh, I'm glad a small, small thing like this sports podcast about the Mavericks can bring you a little bit of joy in your bunker in Tel Aviv right now. Absolutely insane. That 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 does not even compute in my brain. Uh, but yeah, thanks so much for listening, man. Hopefully everybody is uh, is safe over there, and hopefully your family and you will get. Um, Things back to normal, whatever normal you know is at some point. So, uh, yeah, we'll be thinking about you, thoughts and prayers, and all that. And uh, yeah, well, we'll continue to do this podcast and hopefully give you some kind of reprieve. And a lot of people, have, you know, a lot of people are, are dealing with a lot of stuff. And hopefully that this podcast can can help you in some way. So, hey, you have uh, yeah, you have Mavrello, so we can just talk about Mavrello Balovic. And is he growing on people? I, I I don't know, but I've sat at home. I've sat at home all day today going, I'm Mavrado Balovic, owner of Mavs. That's what I just keep it's like a it's like when Borat kept saying, very nice, you know, and people just kept saying that over and over again. I just keep saying that Mavrello line over and over in my head. And it, I feel just, like he's he's kind of like a city jersey that you see for the first time and you're like, no. <laughs> and now and then you see it in action and you see it on the court and you're like, hmm, you okay. know what? Not that bad. It, it's like the city jersey. If the city jersey could tweet and its tweets were awesome. <laughs> it tweeted a stepbrothers quote at me today. Let's go. Did you Let's see go. it? I should probably try to uh, read it in the voice, shouldn't I? Should we tell people who's behind the voice? No, I'm just kidding. No, we don't know. Just kidding. Well, I don't know who's behind Mavrello. I wish I did. <laughs> Mavrello, come on the Lockdown Mavericks podcast. We should do it. They should do a big uh, reveal. <laughs> they probably will. Uh, so I tweet. So <laughs> we don't need to do this. All right. <laughs> let's, 
I was going to read all What's the more tweet. interesting. Yeah, I was going to say. Or... <laughs> we just had a big talk with the Locked On like, leadership about having inside jokes last an entire segment and how yeah. you shouldn't do that. And I, we can't, I can't literally who's, do that. Who's training those people, Nick? Huh? <laughs> Set the example. All right. On today's show, Isaac and I are going to break down the Mavericks 125 to 107 win. No, we're not. Over the New Orleans <laughs> Pelicans. We'll get into that. We'll talk about Porzingis' return. We'll talk about the race in the playoffs, what, where it stands right now. We're just going to keep updating it every day because this is what matters right now. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join us this week today, Thursday. Yes. Get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. All right, Isaac Harris. Let's talk about this game because, I mean, this – this game really only mattered in like the second quarter. The Mavericks were at one point they were tied thirty to thirty at the end of the first quarter, and then they went on a twenty-three to five run, and that basically sealed the game. Like the Pelicans just didn't have enough to come back. The Pelicans were just kind of a shell of themselves. It was Bledsoe was their one starter that has been around a while, and Nikhil Alexander Walker is you know like a third guard at times, and he was he got the start in this game, and then it was Billy Hernan Gomez. Our old, our old friend James Johnson and then Najee yeah. Marshall were the other starters in this game. Wes Wandu played 12 minutes. Wenyan Gabriel, old nemesis, had some time there. Kyra Lewis, Jackson Hayes played a bunch. And so, like, that was the – like, no Lonzo, no Zion, no Ingram. <laughs> you know, that's the, that's no the Pelican squad. And so, if the Mavericks came out of this with, like, a one-point win or even yeah. a loss, we would be perplexed. Like, just I'll perplexed. Like we, yeah, it would be one of those days where you just don't want to, especially since the Blazers got to win. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But uh, Luca, man, we have to. I mean, I'm starting with Luca, even with Porzingis's return. Luca seven threes. I just yesterday on the pod was reading off Luca's last five or six games, saying, "Man, he's really struggling from deep." And boom, seven of fifteen. How many times in Luca's first two years do you think he hit more than seven threes or more than six threes? Let's say mm, five. Twice, twice, once his rookie year against the Pelicans, and then once his second year. That's the only times he's had more than six threes in a game, and he's done it this year, I think, now six times. And so, Hmm. huge. I'm pretty sure. You can look that up. Somebody will be like, no, that's not true. Uh, But, yeah, Luca, man, all of a sudden he's just like a volume three-point shooter, and he can just start hitting them. And it seems like he's getting smarter with the ones he picks. That that drive to his left and step back three is it almost feels automatic, right? Yeah. We, we, we think about some of Luca's shots and we're like, Oh, this is going to be his signature. He starts doing the Dirk shot a little bit in the lane. I think that's ste- that step back three on, on the left wing is already his signature shot, right? <laughs> like, yeah. 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 On both sides. He, that's when he, yeah. Honestly, when he's dribbling left and he pulls up, I feel like it's automatic a lot. Yes. No matter where, it, no matter no, where he is, no matter where it's at. So, in a weird way, you have to, you know, normally you're taught from such a young age. Uh, it's like, hey, take away, you know, take away the strong hand when you're defending somebody. But when somebody, you know, pulls up, like if you give Luca his left, he's going to pull up. And that's when he's the best pulling up and shooting that. But do you want to give him his right? Also, so. Yeah, right. Because uh, if you, the thing is, if he's going left, especially on that left wing, He's going to the sideline. If he go, if you give him his right, he's going back in the middle. Guess what happens yeah. in the middle? Somebody comes up for a lob. He can kick out to somebody for three. Like this is why Luca is so unstoppable as an offensive player. Is because you can force him to the sideline and force him to his offhand, and he's almost at his best over there. It's probably because he's had so much practice and so many reps going that direction. It's absolutely wild, but great to see Luca have kind of a. Uh, 
a comeback, a step back, a you know, a, like a resurgent game after that awful performance, which we thought, and actually a lot of people, a lot of listeners agreed with us. That it was probably his worst game that he's played as you know a pro in the NBA. So great yeah, to see he, him come back and only only had to play thirty one minutes too. Yeah, it's a it was a tale of two quarters for Luca in that first half because you know first quarter starts and everything's about KP and you know bringing KP back in the you know in the fold. KP starts. We'll talk about lineups and stuff in a little bit and some intriguing stuff of who started, who didn't start and rotation stuff. But KP starts. They get KP in the groove. KP has a great first quarter, has 12 points in the first. Luka has four points in the first quarter. But what a second quarter for Luka Doncic. 17 points. He was five of five from three in the second quarter, six of six from the field in the second quarter. It's like some even I think they're referring to it on the broadcast too. Uh, Harp or someone, uh, Nick is looking either at his dog or Laker, his wife Lakers are or down something. one to the Rockets with 22 seconds left. I'm gonna laugh in your face <laughs> on this podcast if they lose to that Rockets. And I don't to care this who's Rockets, the Lakers. We're obviously we're recording this right during the game, so yeah, Lakers are down one with 22 left. Anyway, continue. I I'm just, I just want to point out that second quarter of Luca. I mean, anytime Insane. anytime your your player goes five of five from three in a quarter and puts up seventeen points in a quarter, uh, it's fun. But it's like he he legit got like pissed off. I don't know what pissed him off in the second, but Harp and then we're talking about on the broadcast too. They're like, hey, he's mad. I know what pissed him off. I know exactly what pissed him KP, off. And we're gonna talk you, oh. conspiracy theory. Yeah. And we'll get into it next. But before we do, rockauto.com is the one place to get your parts for your car or truck. Get it all the parts that you need. You know that they're going to fit all of that. Rock Auto is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. Go get them. Rockauto.com shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Rock Auto doesn't make these parts. They're delivering them to you. They're gathering all the parts that are specifically made for your car and getting them straight to you the easiest way that they know how. They have everything from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet from your classic to your daily driver. Get everything you need in just a few easy clicks. So go check out rockauto.com. Best of all, their prices are reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you want to spend up to twice as much for new parts? And you can just get them at rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? They know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, Isaac Harris, before that... I said, I know why Luca was so mad and just took it out on the game. There's two there's two aspects to this. One, he can't get another technical. <laughs> so he Hey, he's lived up to his word. He said he, after that game he would not get another one, and now he has two games, and we need to give him credit if he doesn't get one in the next two games. He has a hundred percent lived up to his word in that, and I think that yeah, he does deserve credit for that. The other th- so he's he's kind of internalizing all this and there was a couple times during this game you could just tell he was internalizing some of that some of the complaining and sitting on the bench and kind of letting Carlisle I think Brad even tweeted out a specific instance where he let Carlisle kind of speak for him. The other thing is he's getting fouled in these games and they're not being called. And I think it's starting to happen for Luca with these refs. They've they've all seen him a certain number of times already, right? It's not his rookie year anymore where refs are seeing him for the first time. Luca is hitting a point that Harden hit at one point where he has gotten so good that he can bait guys into calls. He can draw contact. He can do all that little stuff. And he, and he like completely fools the refs so many times. Like LeBron, LeBron hit a point in his career where he could do this too. Uh, 
where he can bait the refs. The difference between Harden, LeBron, and then Luca is that now it seems like refs don't want to be don't want to be fooled, right? Like they don't want to be they don't want to have the wool pulled over their eyes or don't want to make a mistake and just and keep giving Luca these phantom calls, I guess if you want to call it. And so now they're not calling real stuff, right? Like they're they're not getting baited into those too. It happened to Harden and with LeBron, they'll just call him anyway because he's now he's been in the league so long, he gets the respect and all that. But with Luca, it's starting to get to that point where they're just not calling real stuff because it looks like he's trying to get, you know, draw a foul. And so they don't want to call it, right? Am I totally off base with this? It just feels like that's the way that it is. And so Luca's saying, I'm getting the I'm getting hit. Like they're they're hitting me in in my drives, in my in these rebounds, all kinds of stuff, and they're just not calling him because they think that they're that he's trying to mess with them. Yeah, in a way, it's kind of like the boy cries wolf, right? You know, and in a way, yeah. Thank you, but he actually is getting hit a lot of the times. But it's just it's part of, and and I think you know it's hard sometimes to have this conversation about Luca and the refs, especially in, with invested fans, uh, fans of Luca, fans of the Mavericks, and everything. It's like, hey, you're natural. Um, inclination is to take up for the player. I'm like, well, he deserves the fouls. He gets fouled and all this stuff. And anytime you criticize, it's like, no, you're doing too hard. No, legitimately, Luca has said that he, he has to work on this. Like they, yeah. everyone has admitted this, recognized it. So it's not a, just because somebody mentions, hey, Luca whines too much. No, that is, that is true. And everyone has admitted that. Okay. So he does whine too much. He does let it get to him a little bit too much. So it's yeah, and I'm I'm hoping that it is something that he really can work on moving forward because now we're in year three and I feel like he's developing a reputation with referees and with this stuff to where it's like what you just said that then it, then it's just a weird. I mean, you're kind of setting the tone early on in your career when normally this stuff happens later on in a career you know right right you, you, you I mean, have when did it happen of, for Harden like his fourth year when he went to the Rockets right <laughs> yeah so and, and not anyway. even that first year probably that second or third LeBron when did it happen for him I mean Luca is ahead of the curve with a lot of this stuff and so did yeah, the Lakers I, win I, they did yeah the Rockets just completely fell apart in the last couple seconds there uh Kuzma hit a hit a clutch bucket anyway that's a star the uh he is a star he's got his own signature shoe doesn't he <laughs> <laughs> if we brought out signature shoe athletes from every brand in the world, then we would have some. <laughs> um, and that's why Luca went off. He took it out on the game. And I know some people are sitting in their car, sitting wherever. I know you're sitting there going, why doesn't he just do that all the time? <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think there's just certain moments. He also had a terrible game the night before. Yeah. And so I think that he, he, took that and then his three-point shot was going down and once that three-point shot's going down everything opens up for him and so it just opens up uh, the other thing is there was we've mentioned these Willie Luca lineups have been playing really well and really good defense and that second quarter it was Willie Maxi uh Jalen Brunson Luca and Richardson that was the lineup right there and we can get, we'll get into Richardson not starting uh, probably in the third segment but I think that was that defensive you know presence from Willie and Richardson and Maxi kind of sparked that second quarter run and then Luca scoring just took him took him to the next level and yeah. the Pelicans lineup was also awful <laughs> during that stretch yeah. I mean we're not there was barely any NBA players on the court at that point it seemed like so yeah that so I think that those are the couple of things so you want to talk about Porzingis Porzingis got his uh first action in a little while 
He came back. Let's see. When's the last time he played? He played that one stretch, that 20-second stretch against Detroit where he just didn't look right. Uh, that was April 29th. Man, that's that does not seem that long ago. So about two weeks since the last time Porzingis played. And then he played before that, February, uh, April 22nd. So it was a little bit of time before since we've seen him. He looked great, man. Like, offensively, he looked really good. 7 of 14 from the field, hit two threes, three of three from the line, 19 points. Uh, he was a minus one, but that's kind of, it's single game plus minus. We're not going to take too much away from that. But he, he hit like this baseline turnaround, like like yeah, falling nice. to his right kind of jumper that I thought was great with a, a guard that was guarding him. And he hit an and one to start the game. I thought he just had, he looked really good offensively. And it's pretty great when you got a guy that can consistently put up 20 points on the on the on the team, right? It kind of just slides everybody back into their normal positions. All of a sudden, Dwight and Willie are incredible backup bigs, right? You don't have to start one of them and they be kind of overmatched. You have Porzingis in that starting spot. And so, it was great to see Porzingis back. He looked pretty good. He had minutes restriction. He only played 22 minutes, but looks like he's going to be hopefully okay for the rest of it. Well, Dwight started, you know, and so that's a, you know, for this game we can talk, you know, about, about but it uh, slides him back into his right, his, his right role, right? His, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> and it I didn't, think, and it really didn't matter against this Pelicans. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, a while ago you said uh, I think the game was over in like the second quarter. I'm like, this game, I, I don't care if y'all want to talk about the Kings or not. This game was over before it started. Like this, with all <laughs> their guys out, they just didn't have anybody that could do really anything. Eric yeah. Bledsoe's bad, man. Yeah, yeah, very bad. Yeah. Um, but no, KP, I mean, I think going into it, if you could say what would be the perfect outcome for KP's first game back, I would say win, one, two, he ha- he looks great offensively. You know, he shoots it, you know, good, has 15, 20 points, and he plays under 25 minutes. And for me, that's exactly what happened. They won big. He only played 21, almost 22 minutes. He had 19 points, like you said, shot 50% from the field. Sign me up. Like, that's that's the the perfect first game to have him come back. Now, let's see what it looks like, you know, come Friday. And let's see what it looks like these last two games. And, you know, he was saying the right stuff after the game, saying he, he feels great, feels good, just getting back into the groove. I think, you know, just one of the bigger storylines that we we always talk about, we've been talking about all season is what's the position he plays? And, you know, with Dwight starting tonight, Rick, you know, said before the game, I thought that was a telling quote of saying, we've studied this all year round. Like, this isn't just a podcast topic. <laughs> yeah, this isn't yeah, just yeah. A, a Mavs Twitter thing. This isn't oh. a conversation that we're all just like making up. No, we he said we studied it all year round, and right now this is what we <laughs> we're, we've landed on the two bigs, and KP's going to play the four for the most part, and that's telling. I mean, it, it's telling. That's where they feel like you know the team should go moving forward, and it's also telling because KP's been so vocal that he likes playing the five, and I, I'll just be really interested to see the how that plays out. They went with Dwight in the starting unit tonight. They've been going with Willie. You know, it was a whole changeup. And maybe, actually, how about this? Coming up after the break, we'll talk about the new starting five because they actually swapped out a couple of guys, and I thought it was really telling. Absolutely. We'll get into that, talk about Josh Richardson and more. But before we do, betonline.ag is a place to put down some money on sports. Go get you some betting action right now. There's all kinds of really good NBA games happening. Also, WNBA. 
WNBA games now available on betonline.ag. Give me a line. I'll tell this, you what I'll, if I'll take it. The season is starting soon. Uh, we're doing a actually on Locked On Net and Locked On Live. We're doing a WNBA preview with our friends Erica Ayala from the Locked On Women's Basketball. So if you want to check that out, oh, our Dallas Wings four four and a half point underdog against the LA Sparks. Oh, sign me up for that. Give me the wings. Now, the problem is the season's starting pretty quick, and so there's a couple players. I don't think Satu Sabli is going to be able to play. Uh, it's okay. And, and so next, I'm, I'm, next I'm concerned about that. Uh, Arike should go off in this one, hopefully. Yeah, they're a four-and-a-half-point underdog. 30-plus for Arike. Do we have yeah, any player Minnesota, props? I don't think we have any player props. They're just they, – I think they have futures. Uh, I think they have a couple futures with title odds, and then I think that was it. But, yeah, our basketball futures, yeah, WNBA – our Dallas Wings plus sixty six hundred to win the title. That's not good. Mm. <laughs> not not About good. To make not. some money though. What do you think, Mystics or Storm? Storm probably. I mean, repeating the Storm yeah, going loaded. back, going back they're to loaded back this year. Loaded this, from this the Storm's top best to player. They have good depth off the bench. They can hit the three, and when ah. times get tough, just give it to Brianna. Oh, Stewie, let's go. Brianna Stewart, excellent, excellent point. There you go. Go to Bet Online, use the promo code Lockdown, get a fifty percent welcome bonus to your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Isaac Harris, the starting lineup changed for the Dallas Mavericks. We speculated about this. We talked about it for weeks. It felt like with, with Porzingis out, what were they going to do when they come back? Was Maxi going to start? Who was going to take that spot? And the answer was yes, all of the above. Porzingis <laughs> started, Maxi didn't start, and Josh Richardson didn't start. Dwight got the start instead. Tim Hardaway did start now. I think that's that's done. Like Tim Hardaway is the starter from now on through the playoffs, I think, unless there's a crazy matchup. But Tim Hardaway Jr. got the start. 27 points for him, by the way, and only three threes. He got it done in other ways tonight, which is great to see from him because usually it's you know live by the three or die by the three, but he was able to get a couple other buckets in different ways. But what did you think about the starting lineup with Porzingis, Powell, and no Josh Richardson? Um, I thought it was interesting. I mean, I don't want to do the cop out on this, but it's like really hard to tell anything against this bad New Orleans team. It's almost and, like how do they look? How do they gel together? Not necessarily how do they perform? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, I thought space was there. You know, when you have the roller, we've talked about that. We've. I feel like that's just a, an ongoing conversation. You know, what happened all last year? Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think Tim's there to stay. I think Josh Richardson yeah. will will be coming off the bench. I think what could change, though, is I think we could see Willie and Dwight, depending on the matchup, to where if they go in yeah. and it's like one of those things we've Denver. referenced. Be- yeah, well, we've referenced before, you know, how Rick has been very you know adamant about having certain players in certain matchups. And we've referenced the story before, but back when uh, we were, I think we were in person and they were going up against the Wizards. And he's like, yeah, I put Courtney Lee in there. Because we think we did all the tape, and Courtney Lee was the best guy we had to defend. Brad, I think Deal. that was the beginning of last first game of last season. Yes, yes, that's what it was, and you know, so that just shows <laughs> you that I think that spot, you know, they could pull a whole thing with you know Willie or Dwight and be like, yeah, we've studied it in our three games against Denver this year. We think Willie's the best guy to guard Jokic, and. That we could see Willie guard Jokic for that series. If you're a new fan, like if you're just tuned into the Mavericks this year and this is your first time, so you don't understand that reference from last year, Courtney Courtney Lee's starting the first game of the season to guard Bradley Beal is like if Nate Hinton started the first <laughs> the first game of the season. 
It was the most out of left field thing. It was so weird because he didn't play at all the season before, and and he didn't really play after that either. It was just a weird. I'm kind of bummed now that he didn't get picked up by somebody. I know. I I thought for sure he was going to have a role with the Mavericks because he just fits that perfect. He just the perfect campaign can play then. (laughs) (laughs) I love the slander you throw random players across the league. I know, I love it. So, yeah, I think that starting lineup, and the Mavericks have proven they're not going to defend anybody, right? Like, they're not going to be a lockdown defense. They're not the Knicks. They're not the Lakers. Like, they're not these teams. They're not the Jazz. They're not these teams that are going to lock people down, so they might as well just come out of the gate swinging. And they only win if they win in the first quarter, so (laughs) you might as well come out of the gate with your the best version of your offense. And that's Luka, Hardaway, Porzingis, Powell, and, you know, who Dorian or, you know, whoever. Yeah, and what and you know, I think you said it on yesterday's pod uh, of you know Tim Hardaway's averages over the last what eight games or ten games, whatever you said. And They've was, been good. Yeah, it's like twenty five, twenty six a game. I mean, and look at tonight. He starts tonight. He has twenty seven points tonight. Ten of eighteen from the field. Uh, he did miss seven threes, but still, it's like he puts up twenty seven. He starts again. We've talked. He's talked about how much. Yeah, he thinks you know he plays better when he starts, and it's working. So, and he, compared he missed, to Josh Richardson, he's given you more than what Josh did in the starting unit. 100%. And he missed seven threes, but he also went 10 of eight from the field. So that yeah. means that he went seven of eight from two-point range. So you take that, right? Like, that's the night you take. You can't just look at the three-point percentage and go, oh, well, you know, he sucked. So, yeah. but he, he actually, that was still, a, still an efficient night overall. Four or four and from the free throw line. And especially, you know, when you look at a potential matchup, if they do land at five and play Denver, it's not the end of the world if he starts then because they literally just started Compazzo and Austin Rivers two nights ago in their backcourt. <laughs> so that's not the end of the world. Now, if they go against somebody like the Clippers in the first round, now you're looking at who, what's the second spot. Will they switch out Dwight for Maxi, And then they have Dorian and Maxi to go against, you know, Paul George and Kawhi. Do they you know, go a different round and start Josh in there to, you know, guard PG, something like that. But if you face Denver, there's no big deal at all. You start Tim Hardaway. Do you know that you say Dwight instead of Dwight? Dwight. You know, you add like an extra syllable in there, Dwight. Uh, do you know, do you know why I recognize this? Because I've been listening to that Office Ladies podcast with the the two uh, actresses that were in the office and Jim Halpert. So John Krasinski Fight. always said Dwight instead of Dwight. Okay, well, if he says it that way, I, I feel. And it's it's. I mean, it's just the way that people say it. But Dwight. Hey Dwight. Bob. Never mind. <laughs> I just asked his wife if he. She's. Uh, do we want to talk about this, the standings and how everything's shaking out? Do you have anything more from this game? I have nothing else. From this One game. more oh, thing, I will. I will say this: Rick Carlos said before the game, JJ Reddick's out for the rest of the regular yes. season. It's just two more games. Uh, unsure about and playoff stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and this one, obviously, he didn't play in this one. But Josh Green, I mean, everybody got some run towards the end of this game. So the rookies played, and that's why we won. And speaking of rookies, Tyrell Terry back on the bench for the Mavs. He he was there. The um, and I, n- we still don't know. It's still just a personal matter why he was out. He's out for two months. And so we still not sure not sure why he was out, but great to see him back. Awesome to see him oh, back yeah. on the bench and all that. So. All right, the standings, as our nightly ritual now, it seems, because the play-in tournament makes everything more interesting. You should have used that little sound thing. Which one? I don't know, something that for standings update. 
<laughs> like that one? Yeah, because the Lakers won, so that fits. <laughs> also, the Blazers won. Uh, all right, our this listen, is our listen percentage just went. Oh, everyone just everyone's out. They're like, oh god, he got a new, he got a new toy to play with, and it's gonna be so annoying. A new toy. Never gonna watch this show again. All right, here's the standings right now. This so the Utah Jazz. So the, the Blazers won against the Utah Jazz, which is good for the Mavs and bad for the Mavs. So it was bad for the Mavs because the Blazers won. If the Blazers had lost, Mavericks would have pulled ahead of them. Uh, but the the good news is it makes the Jazz and Phoenix it's it's now gettable, and so Phoenix is motivated against the Blazers in this game on you know tonight, which is massive. This game on Thursday is so big between Phoenix and the Blazers because it you know changes a lot for the Mavericks. It changes a little bit for the Lakers. Changes a lot for the Jazz. Like there's a lot at stake here. If if the you know the Blazers win and the Suns lose, it, it essentially just it essentially seals. The one seed for the Jazz, and it seals probably the Lakers in the play-in, right? And then, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's coming down to it for him. That matchup is huge. Yeah. Can you remind me what Portland's last game is? I know you tweeted it out a few days Denver. ago. Denver. It, we're not exactly – it's on Sunday, but they're not exactly sure what time it's going to be played, but it's against Denver. So Portland has Phoenix tonight, Thursday, and then they have Denver Sunday. And the Clippers are what one game up on Denver? Yeah. I wonder what their what's their last two games. <laughs> All this. So the Lakers did win against the Rockets. So the Lakers are one game back from the Mavericks. So if the Mavericks win their next game, right? If they win their next game against the Raptors, then the Lakers are in the play-in, basically, right? The only thing that they could do is bl- the Blazers lose their last two games, and the Lakers win their next two games. Yeah. So, okay, first let's look at the, you know, Clippers and Nuggets. Clippers are, you know, as far as like if you land at six, are you locked in to play the Clippers? Clippers are a game up from Denver on this in their last few games. These are the last three games. They play Charlotte on they have three more games. Oh, yeah. They play Charlotte. Well, they might have just played Charlotte, possibly. Actually, no, it's past 12. No, they're playing tonight. We're recording this after midnight, so <laughs> my dates got weird. Yeah. Uh, they play Charlotte uh, tonight. Then they have a double header the next night against Houston. They're going to win both of those games, and then they're going to beat OKC. So they're probably going to win out. Can we read this Houston starting five that started against the Lakers? <laughs> what is going on down the highway here? Uh, Kelly Olenek, Jay Sean Tate, Kenyon Martin Jr., I would be more surprised if Kenyon Martin started for them. Kyrie Thomas was, I didn't even know he was on the Rockets. And then DJ Augustine. Wow. <laughs> he would have scored 30 on the Mavs, but since he played the Lakers, he only scored eight points. So what the Clippers are probably, yeah, the Clippers are probably going to win out. And so they're probably locked into that, that three seed. It'll be shocking. Well, if they, anything can happen, man. For sure. For sure. But if they went out, you obviously have to get up to five to avoid them. Yeah. Um, or go down to seven. Scenario, yeah, dream scenario right now. Portland, Dallas wins their last two games against yep. Toronto, Minnesota. Portland loses against the Suns. Or so the they, or the Nuggets, either one, right? Yeah. So they drop a game back and then the the thing with that, I don't want to everything I don't want a lot to hinge on that Sunday game because you know, if if the Clippers went out, then the Nuggets, they don't it doesn't really matter for them. So there's a there's a world in which the Nuggets go into Sunday already locked into four. Yeah. 
and they just like, rest everybody. Yeah, we're just going to rest people, and Portland gets that win. So we really need Portland to lose against Phoenix. So we massive just, Phoenix Suns fans right here. Both where's of us. Alec Peters? We need Alec Peters. Bring out Alec Peters. We need him this in his most de- in our most desperate hour. Yes. Yeah. So all the DeAndre Ayton slander that you've thrown out into the universe over the last two years, rescind it. Take it all back. I'll send out a tweet. Suns made the right decision. <laughs> we should should we reverse jinx it all how does this work because people always tweet me and say you're jinxing the Mavs when you say positive things about them, about them at a certain point in the game should yeah, we reverse I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet out all the uh, Luca Suns jersey swaps or jersey edits <laughs> that we saw going into the draft and just gonna to like, give them motivation Suns. yeah <laughs> go Suns Man, yeah, huge game for the Phoenix Suns and the Portland Trailblazers. Probably bigger for the Blazers than the Suns, but maybe not. How how p- pissed will the Mavericks fan base be if they go into Sunday and Anthony Edwards drops like 45 and it's like an Edwards <laughs> town and they like barely beat Dallas and it pushes Dallas to like... Uh, oh, that would be that brutal. Would. The thing is, Anthony Edwards can score 40 and they can still lose. Yeah, 40 <laughs> points on like 42 shots. There you go. That's a standings update. Anything, I mean, everything else seems. The Mavericks basically just have to win their next two games. If they win, if they win one more game, they're guaranteed to not be in the play-in, right? That's for sure. That's for that's for sure because, yeah, they only have two games left. And even if the Lakers win their two and the Mavericks went one and one, they're tied with the Lakers, and the Mavericks have the tiebreaker over them. So, sure. The only thing I do know is, you know, what's making these last few days exciting? The play-in tournament. I can't believe you're still sarcastically saying that. Uh, do you think Do you think Mavrello likes the play-in? <laughs> I don't know, but I've been trying to figure out if Mavrello will ever be healthy. Um, for the <laughs> do we think he's the... not? He's been stuck underground for I know forty years. That's the thing. It's like I don't, you know, similar to LeBron. Will he ever be healthy again? <laughs> That's something I'm I'm worried about. And and similar to LeBron, out. he's been in a crowd cryogenic chamber underground for years <laughs> there you go guys subscribe to the youtube channel thanks so much for listening to lockdown maps go listen to locked on today yes le- listen to pete he had a great locked on packers video i thought it was hilarious oh it was so great when they signed blake bortles bortles oh, hello there <laughs> go, go watch that on locked on net and then go listen to locked on today all right peace out boom People are naming their kids after you, you know, in Dallas and elsewhere. Where where did your parents come up with your name? And what do you think about, you know, little Lucas running around in, in Dallas and elsewhere, you know, uh, with your name being the inspiration for their name? I mean, the first one, I have no idea. Uh, but the second one, I mean, it's, it feels special, you know, just uh, that somebody names uh, the child after me. And maybe they're not all after me, you know, but, you know, I think some some of them are and just feels special, you know, and I don't know what to say, just feels special.